You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. We're going to talk about knowing today. We're going to talk about knowing God, which we talk about all the time. We're going to talk about beautiful little babies that we love so much. He's like, I'm done. We're going to, and we're going to talk about knowing God. Uh, we're going to talk about knowing the season that we're in. And we're going to talk about knowing what we carry. Uh but anyhow, my, my, I forgot to say, you know, my girls from the intensive, we had a great time, but the intensive is intense. And uh, it, it is not for the faint of heart. It is eight straight hours. We do get a little lunch. And then the next day, it's six straight hours. No lunch. You'll be okay. <laughs> That's what I told them. I said, there's some snacks. I hadn't lost anybody yet. You'll be okay. <laughs> I think we can do six hours without food. I think. But it's it's fun. We had a really good time. And but God, what he does is he shows up and he starts unfolding and clarifying and laying out plans for the future for each person who comes. I mean, it is amazing. I am always in awe. I don't come with an answer. I come with the spirit of the Lord who's in charge of whatever everybody else needs to know. And the cool thing about it is it, as we begin to process the last day, we process, you know, what is God putting on your heart this next 12 months? And what does that look like? The voice of the Lord works through all 10 women that come. So it's not like I've got, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, Diana has a piece. Michelle has a piece. Jamie has a piece. Angela has a piece. You know, it, it all comes together. Anyhow, it's a lot of fun. And that's what God whole thing is, is we all have a piece to bring to the table to, in order for us to have a picture of where God has taken us. So I want to talk about know our season. Uh, in se on September 2nd, I preached on the mysteries of God. And if you haven't uh, listened to it, go back, or mysteries of the heart, go back and listen to it because it'll give you a greater uh, picture of knowing God. But I'm just going to touch on a couple things that I didn't actually touch on in that one. But a couple of points about knowing God is really understanding that there's one simple thing about knowing God, and it is our yes. Our yes gets us entryway into knowing God. As long as we have a no, he will pursue us, but we will not know him because we have not turned and said yes. And that's simple. The simple part is the yes. The hard part is the journey. Because as we die to our old man, we have a new creation being formed within us. And I just want to read a couple of scriptures. We're going to go to, uh, we'll just start with the basic. John three sixteen. That was my scripture. That was my salvation scripture when I was nine years old. Does anybody else get saved with that scripture? When I heard that, I was like, what? And I heard it in King James. So it had to go through a whole nother translation through my brain. 
It's true. I remember I was up at Tony Slay's, the one who created MII, and it's up in Clinton, Tennessee. And I was up there, and we were having a great time, but I had forgotten my Bible. I don't know if I forgot it completely or if it was in my uh, hotel. And I said, I really like reading out of the Bible. So does someone have a Bible? And, you know, they handed me like a Bible. You know, they're thick. It was large print, so I wouldn't have to. But it was King James. And I have not read out of King James since I was probably, you know, a little kid. And I'm looking at that thing going, that was, now was, thus is. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't think I could do this. <laughs> Literally, I'm trying so hard to read the, you know, I, I just can't do it. And uh, finally, uh, they were just like, just use your iPad. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. So anyhow, that was just a diversion, I'm sure. Okay, John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The whoever believes in him is our yes. That is the yes that opens up the knowing of him. And then John 16, 13 through 15, it says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in to all truth. Not some truth, not a little bit of truth, not a speckle of truth, but it's all. For he will not only not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare to you all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say he will take of mine and declare it to you. So our yes brings us into the revelation of the all things of the Father through Jesus Christ. And that precedes us on this journey of just knowing God. And, you know, I was... Um, yeah, I think I'm probably not going to say that. Okay. Ephesians 3.14. Have you ever been in a, in a season in your life where God was just a check in the box? You know, you got your God thing done. Check. Okay, now I'm going to go to work. Now I'm going to bathe my kids. Now I'm going to do that. It, God wasn't. infused in your life. He was just a peripheral part of what you did. And then there comes that season and time where God is no longer, we were talking about this the other day, when, you know, when I first started kind of re-pursuing God um, just wholeheartedly, we talked about being wholehearted. When I first started re-pursuing God wholeheartedly. I knew him, but I knew him in a very confined amount. I, I knew what I'd been taught, but I didn't know him from the depth of my heart. And when I first started pursuing him, I was traveling a lot uh, for a living. And I told God, I said, you've got five minutes every day. You've got five minutes. But it was wholehearted for me. It wasn't Oh, I'll spend an hour with you and check my phone and all that. No, you've got five minutes. My kids were babies, all that. You've got five minutes, but it was all of me in that five minutes. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for all of us in our relationship with him. 
And he's not worried about whether I spend five minutes or five hours pursuing him. He's looking for my wholeheartedness through the day in order for me to actually know him. And without the wholeheartedness, then we are on like a, uh, uh, we're like jumping rope. We jump until we get tired and then we got to stop. When you've got a wholeheartedness, there's not a tiring in our spirit because we're wholeheartedly yes to him. And as we're wholeheartedly yes to him, when we skip a step, he catches that step for us because we are wholeheartedly one with him. And Ephesians uh, 3, I'm just going to read verse 19. We may be here a while, guys. We've been doing some church this morning. Actually, we've been doing family. That's what we've been doing. We've been doing family. God calls his family to come together, to worship, to glorify him, to exalt him, to declare his word. You know, that's what family does without the dysfunction. Okay. Ephesians 3 uh, verse 19. And we love this section of scripture. I love it because it's talking about uh, just the amazingness of the mystery of Christ, right? And then verse 19 says, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, that is the promise to us, for us, is that not only will we know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, it passes everything. The love of Christ is beyond, beyond. But we do that so that we may be filled with the fullness of God. Not just, I'm not a quarter full. I'm not to many full. I'm not three quarters full. I am overflowing. I'm filled with the fullness of Christ because I know the love that is way beyond my understanding. One of the first uh, lessons in the MII course is uh, love that surpasses knowledge. Christ's love surpasses any knowledge that we can have. And his love brings us into the fullness, to be filled with the fullness of of God. Just think about it. Say, I am being filled with the fullness of God. Who? That changed the way I, I look at me. Because I look like him. So then that is the real goal of all this, is to be transformed completely into his image. And that starts with our yes. Knowing God starts with our yes. And all the rest is just gravy. Just gravy. Must be getting lunchtime. <laughs> Next, I want to talk about knowing your season. Your Proverbs 10.5, and I didn't give this to you, know, it's in the Passion Translation. It, in Proverbs 10.5, it talks about if you, if you uh, uh, take care of your season, then you'll be wise. But a fool who doesn't do his harvest uh, is a fool. But so in the Passion Translation, it says, Know your season. You have to know your season. Oh, is that in passion? 
Know the importance of your season you're in and a wise son you will be. So we have to know the season we're in. And I want to talk a little bit in First Kings. And we're just going to go through this a little bit because uh, I feel like this is important for us for where we are. As we've, we shared last week on the open door, we've had prophetic words Deb shared last week, I shared last week on the open doors. And this is the season we're in. There's an open door season, but we need, we need to know how to maneuver in the season we're in. So what does an open door season mean to you? In a corporate body, it means that God is opening the doors for us, but it also drills down to an individual. Everybody has individual things that are happening to them. So in 1 Kings 17, right before that, King Ahab, who is an evil king over Israel, is in place. He is evil. And oops, let me actually turn there with you before I start reading something. So Elisha pops up on the scene. This is the first time we see Elisha. And Elisha is going to call down a drought because of the evil that is occurring. So Elisha is a prophet. It says he moves into a big assignment. He's been operating all along. We just don't know what he's doing. But, but God knew what he was doing. But he's pulled into this big assignment and, and he's calling down. He says to Ahab, he says to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be, I mean, sorry, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. For three and a half years, there was a drought. So the season for Elijah was to step up and declare to the king of Israel. Remember the king of Israel who could have his head cut off. He could have all kinds of things to it. Like, let me just let you know, no rain, which means no harvest which means no food. It means no. And then God hides him. Now you would think, okay, I've stepped into my big spotlight. The door's open. I got the king's attention. I am telling him he needs to change basically. And then God hides him. Verse two, it says, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward. He hides him. He takes him from this season of exposure and tells him to go hide. And I'm going to feed you. And I'm going to send the ravens to bring you food. And you're going to be by the brook. And you're going to rest. You're going to rest. And I'm going to protect you. And this, he stays there for a year. He is hidden. Now think about that. You know, when we know our season... We know what we're carrying. And for that moment, he carried the word of the Lord to the king. And then the next moment, he carried rest. He carried the Lord nourishing him by his own hand. He carried staying basically in isolation by a brook with his friends, the ravens, bringing him food. I mean, you think about that, you go from complete exposure and highlight to being hidden. And sometimes it's hard to back off of those highlight moments. And he had to stay there for a year. 
And then God pulls him out. He says, okay, you've been hidden long enough. Verse eight, it says, the word of the Lord came to him and said, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. So I'm going to have you go live somewhere that you would probably never even go. But you're going to go hang out with a widow for a while who has no food, who has nothing to give you, but you're going to do, you're going to release what you carry in order to change what is occurring during this drought for this widow. I mean, think about this. The prophet of the Lord would not have gone and hung out in Zarephath. Sometimes God calls us to do things that we would not normally do. I ain't hanging out with him. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's cute. Why don't you go over there and move next door to him? Why don't you? He's moved, he moved in. He stayed with the widow. Can you imagine, you know, uh, in our, our minds, we'd be going, I don't know what's going on. First, I declare the fi- I mean, the drought over a king. Then I go hide for a year and have birds feeding me. And now I'm going to go stay with a widow and her son that are starving. But he knew his God. He knew the season. And he knew what he carried. And in every instance, it was different. We try to carry the same thing for years and years and years when God is trying to get us to let go so he can give us something new to give us the breakthrough that not only we need, but the people he's sending us to need. He's saying, let go. You carry what I give you to carry for the season. It doesn't mean you'll carry it for 30 years or 40 years or a week. He carried that message to the king for a moment. How long did it take him to say that? Took him longer to get in the door than it did to deliver the message. Oh, this is good. God is fun. Because what he's saying is shake loose of what you're holding on to. Because I got some new things I'm going to put in your hands. Shake loose. We're going to let Gene try that again. He's going to do the shaking. He does have that Tennessee step he does sometimes. It's true. Y'all have seen it. We've all seen it. So he's with the widow for a little bit. All of this happens. And then he gets, then his season shifts. His season shifts. And in in chapter 18, now we're not going to read all this or, or we will be here all day, but his season shift. And verse one, it says, and then it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year and said, go present yourself to Ahab. And I will send the rain. So he knew that he had something new to carry. He knew that a season had shifted again. And he goes through all of this. But before the rain is released, there is a battle of the demonic stronghold over Israel. There is a battle. You know, sometimes we think spiritual warfare is all this. Sometimes it's looking at the person that is releasing the demonic in the presence, in the eye. It's a, in form of human. 
in order to get rid of the demonic. It's not all done in a secret place. Sometimes it's done with a confrontation spirit to spirit. We carry the spirit of the Lord and they carry the spirit of the demon. Sometimes it takes that face-to-face encounter. So Elijah, we know the story. He gets together all the prophets of Baal, all of them. And he says, let's prove who is God. He says, how long will you waver? If God is your God, great. If not, go with Baal. And what happens? All the, God, all the ones who follow Baal are consumed. They die. The fire of the Lord. They all die. And then what happens? There is not a parade. There is not Elijah running down, high five, high five, high five. I did it, I did it, I did it. No, no. There is a price put on his head and he is terrified and he runs and he hides. And he says, God, I'm the only one left. Do you ever feel like you're the only one left? And God's like, Okay, calm down. <laughs> calm down. It's okay. Sometimes we, when we're called to face that hard battle and we have victory, we get through it. We know God is with us. There is a meltdown that happens on the other side of it. We're trying to figure out what is it we do next. We've had this enormous victory. We've had this breakthrough. And sometimes on the other side of the breakthrough, we step into a season of slump. Because it's almost like a letdown from what we've gone through. But God says to Elijah, you know, step out and I'll pass by. Whether we're in a season of victory where we're in the season of hanging out with the widows, whether we're in that season of being alone and resting for a while, whatever season we're in, God has given us what we need in order to get through that season. Whether it's releasing the drought, whether it's releasing the rain, whether it's setting some time aside, or whether it's tearing down every stronghold that has set itself up against the name of Jesus. Whatever season we're in, because we know our God, that season will be clear and what we need in that season to carry will be available. And part of this shaking that we're going through is the awareness that The seasons can change on a dime and they can last for a year. The victories can be swift and quick or they can be drawn out just like Jezebel puts a price on his head. And so God tells him, I'm going to tell you what to do in order to tear down the finality of this house of Ahab and Jezebel. Now, I'm not going to go through all this. I have preached on this before because he gives Elijah the plan. And Elijah goes and finds Elisha and starts mentoring someone that can carry the mantle on. You know, God may have you in a season of mentoring. So he's asking you to take all that you have and pour it into others. 
so that they can rise up and know the season they're in and what they carry. It, it's really just such a dynamic uh, picture of, you know, they always talk about the diamond and how many facets it's have. That's how our lives are. They're like diamonds and they have so many facets. But as we know our God, we adapt to that particular season and equipping that we need in order to complete what God has called us to do. Amen? Amen. Elijah was a funny guy. <laughs> kind of like us, a little bit, little bit funny. The thing I love about Elisha is he's so raw and real. You know, he's just, he's just raw and real. You know, he's powerful and he's vulnerable. But he knows his God and he knows his season and he knows what he carries. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to end there. If you guys will stand, we'll pray. Karen said, no, we're not going to end, but I'm going to end. Y'all can stay. <laughs> So I just want to pray over us really about knowing our season and knowing what we carry. You know, sometimes we, we think that we don't carry enough, but we know that God is more than enough. We read that even in Ephesians that, that we, are, we are being filled with the fullness of God. And sometimes we just don't see it. And I was even thinking about the word that Deb gave uh, earlier about how this we're being forged in a fire. And I feel like that is the journey with the Lord. We're being forged in the fire. But when things are forged in the fire, they aren't broken. They aren't torn apart. They're strong. They're fire resistant. And uh, so I just thought that was such a good word this morning. So let me just pray for us. And God, I just thank you that we've been forged in a fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. And, and really, I just sense there's such a wildfire across the body, uh, a, a fire of really knowing um, what season we're in, knowing our God and knowing what we carry. And even, Lord, there is, there's just like a boldness that's been released in us. And so, Lord, we're just um, receiving an increase in that, that everyone is fair game and that we will follow you to the brook to get fed and to get nourished and be uh, uh, in that quiet place with you. We'll follow you to the war when we have to call down the fire and watch the others burn. Uh, God, will, that have stood up against you. God, we're going to be there with you in the declaration that you give us to declare. And we're not going to own it. We're going to release it and let you work it to your good, Lord. So God, thank you for this just powerful season that you've put us in. And, and we know that there are just strong demonic forces that are being face-to-face taken down because of the boldness and the willingness for us to know you and know what we're supposed to do in this very moment. So Lord, just thank you that even the destruction of, um, you know, I've just had this word for a while, but this destruction of um, uh, governmental idols that will be torn down and that we will see a turning over of, of governmental idols. And I just mean things that have been set up and built as strongholds against you, Lord, even as, 
Ahab built a stronghold against you, against your word, Lord. And when we read um, Psalms 119, it says, we love your word. We love the way it bubbles up inside of us, Lord. So God, we just thank you that there will be a breaking down, a destroying, a tearing apart, a burning to the ground, the governmental idols that have set themselves up against you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.